Hey everyone, welcome to episode 15 of the Cap City Outfitters podcast. Uh, this time we're going to talk about the four firearm safety rules, uh, sometimes also known as Colonel Cooper's rules of gun handling or just the, the four rules of safe gun handling. Um, we keep these on the back of our business cards, um, kind of easily enumerated. They're all guns are always loaded. Never let the muzzle cover anything you are not willing to destroy. Keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are on the target and be sure of your target and what is beyond it. Uh, we're going to take some time, break these down, uh, cover what are known as kind of the two Delta caveats or the two like things that the unit guys like to add to this um, because it's really important to be able to handle your firearm safely, not only at the range, but in the real world on the event that you need to use it for defensive purposes. Absolutely. Um, and I will add one more addition to times and places where handling safe guns safely is really important. In the gun store, um, the 12 years I've been in this business, I've had more guns pointed at me than probably the previous 30 years of my life. Um, so when you come into the gun store, follow these rules too, please. We, we all really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, and in case you're wondering, we do judge everyone <laughs> based on their ability to handle a gun or not handle a gun. And we kind of make those decisions in about 2.4 seconds. Yeah. So if you want to impress us, handle guns properly, at least for the first three seconds. Yeah, if you don't want to look like somebody who really doesn't know what you're doing, don't immediately put your finger on the trigger and point it at some part of your body because um, those two things happen almost at the exact same time with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. So don't be that guy. So yeah. let's begin. Um, given that we live in... <clears throat> A world that seems to get more interesting by the minute um, that is what is considered to be 720 degrees so all around us along with up and down um, obeying the four safety rules um, keeps everyone safe um, and except for the person that obviously you are intending to shoot in the event that you actually intend to shoot someone um, yeah breaking down the first one you know all guns are always loaded uh, maybe the the more um, you know, the better way to think about that would be to, you know, know the status of the weapon system. Yeah, absolutely. Know, know whether or not your gun's loaded, uh, a round's chambered, topped off, ready to go, and all those fun things we think about tactically. Can we make the gun go bang? Um, but, you know, if you're absolutely sure the gun's loaded, be absolutely sure the gun's loaded, and still be cautious with it beyond that. Hmm, funny thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, to, to say, too, this includes, you know, if you're going to carry... A pistol concealed, it should have a round in the chamber. Yes. Um, I don't, unless you're, you know, actually working for the Israeli military, um, then you have a pass on that. Otherwise, you know, if you're carrying a gun, it should have a round in the pipe. Yeah, well, and even the Israeli military, even nowadays, they don't carry their guns without rounds in the chamber, their handguns. They used to, because at one point they were carrying five different models of handgun. And it was very much a secondary weapon that not everybody had training on every gun, you know, so... That's, there was a reason for it. it. It really doesn't apply to the rest of the world, especially us right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those things, you know, if you're if you're working <clears throat> with multiple different versions of weapons, you know, make sure you know how to confirm the status on all of them. Yes. Uh, ideally, you know, we should be able to do this in the dark by touch, yeah. uh, safely. Yeah, visually and tactilely. So. Um, same thing, you know, when we're clearing the weapon or completely unloading the weapon, it's very important to visually and tactilely inspect 
for that piece of brass um, that might still be in the chamber. Yes. Oh. So, uh, nah, yeah. That I'm total total agreement. Um, the next one, never let the muscle cover anything you are not willing to destroy. Um, you'll sometimes hear this stated by folks as saying, hey, pretend there's a laser beam coming out of the muzzle of the gun at all times. Don't let the laser beam touch anything you don't want to put a hole in. Um, and again, we see people handle guns you know, on a regular basis, finger on the trigger, uh, pointing the gun at parts of their body, their hands, etc., while they're holding it and handling it, uh, pointing it at the guy next to them uh, in the store. Uh, unfortunately, it, I've seen it on the range in certain environments too. Um, it, and don't just don't do it don't point the gun at things you don't want to put holes in uh, I know guys who dry fire practice you know you go inside your house and you dry fire practice and you make sure the guns unloaded you put the ammo in another room and they shoot at things like light switches or they shoot at the bad guy on TV while they're watching something and stuff like that just bear in mind you're pointing at something you may or may not want to destroy make sure you're okay with replacing a TV or a light switch and then refer back to rule number one so um, not everybody has a bullet trap in their house. I get that, but a cinder block wall's a much better backstop if you're training than necessarily a drywall wall with your kids in the next room. Absolutely. Um, the other you know thing to think about this, and this gets back to that 720 degree world we live in, is if our muzzles are oriented up or down, you know what is above us <clears throat> or below us. Yeah. Um, you know, from a, a ready position standpoint. You know, it's oftentimes very convenient to have the gun. You know, if the gun is unholstered, you know, we want we need it pointed somewhere so that we can move efficiently with it. Um, you know, knowing what's are there people above us in a house? Is there, you know, a a basement in the building but nothing above us? Um, being able to you know to have multiple techniques for what you need to do yeah. um, starts to become important so that we are orienting muzzles. In safe directions at all times yeah understanding different ready positions is is another conversation in a, a whole nother podcast but it's somewhere we'll go eventually too so um yeah to say too you know when we're on the range having you know we kind of have a designated this is down range yeah uh, in the real world we don't necessarily have a designated down range um because we don't know where threats are potentially coming from Yes, indeed. And somebody always brings up boats and helicopters and stuff like that. Um, if you're super cool enough to have guns and boats and helicopters, someone will teach you which way to point the gun. Trust me. Um, so having said that, moving on to number three. three. Keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are on the target. This is my favorite. This is my absolute favorite one. Uh, again, I'll, I'll, because it's recent and relevant experience to me, we'll just share about guys who come in the gun store and, oh yeah, I've been shooting guns my whole life, and they pick up a gun and the very first thing that happens, their finger goes into the trigger guard, onto the trigger immediately. They haven't checked to make sure the gun's empty. They're not looking to see where the gun's pointed or anything else, and their finger's already on the trigger telling me how good it feels, all the fit and finish. Mm-mm-mm. Um, keep your booger hook off the bang switch until you're ready to make loud noises. Um, that quote's attributable to Pat Rogers in some form or another, uh, God rest his soul. So keep your flipping finger off the flipping trigger until your flipping sights are on the flipping target. I am not the target, nor is the guy standing next to you in the gun store. Unless he's robbing us. And then use your own gun. Mine can't go into evidence, I need to sell it, so cool. Uh, yeah, to add to that, if you're running an, an AR or another long gun, um, your safety should be on 
and so your sights are on target. Um, if you are running, you know, a 1911 or some other handgun with a safety on, um, that safety should be on it or should be engaged, and so your sights are on target. Um, if you are running a a decocker pistol, um, you should be in double action mode, you know, until your sights are on target. Yeah. Uh, and then as soon as your sights come off target, you know, we're taking our finger, we're putting it high up on the slide, and we're running that decocker, or we are re-engaging. Yeah, if you're, you know, not en- if you're not actively engaging a target, then you should be in a decock double action condition or in a safety on condition if you're not actively engaging a target uh, or, or preparing to. So, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and as far as, you know, finger placement goes, like resting your finger on the trigger guard is you might as well have it on the trigger you know, that finger should be up on the slide or up on the the receiver or the magazine well yeah. or the rifle. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know that, you know, there's also a current trend, too, that I, I kind of dig. Um, I'm seeing guys, and I, I wish I knew where this came from to attribute the technique somewhere, but I'm seeing folks push that finger guard on the handgun actually up to the ejection port. Um, because on most firearms, there's a nice ledge at the bottom of the ejection port that's tactile. And, and there's no mistake in where that finger's at at that point. Um, you know, if you run a lot of striker-fired guns, they have takedown levers that are somewhere along the side of the frame at the slide junction, frame junction, um, out above and in front of the trigger guard. And if your finger's on that little takedown lever, you can usually feel it. Um, you know, get your finger somewhere where it's not on the trigger or where it's not going to default to in the event of a startle response, such as tripping or, or maybe being struck or, or heck, shot, injured. Yeah. You know, something like that. You, you make that fist make sure that 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 index finger is not going to retract onto the trigger and make a loud sound um it would be terrible for you to shoot somebody on accident or maybe yourself so yeah i'd say too you know on the from a draw strike perspective everybody wants to get on the trigger sooner you know because they think it's going to drop their time it's not down it's not um if you're not on if you're not moving your finger to the trigger until you're between the three and the four stages of the four count draw stroke you might lose 0.10 of a second. Yeah, I doubt. Yeah, and, and even that's debatable. Um, the one thing I will throw out there, as, as also bear in mind, sights are on the target. I can shoot from retention with the gun nowhere near my sight line, but through training and practice and confirmation, I, I know that I can shoot from retention and still hit a target without having my eyes lined up with the sights, but the sights are on the target. And that is a distance and skill level dependent conversation. Um, I'm definitely not anti-point shooting. So that doesn't mean you can't put your finger on the trigger until the gun is all the way up in line with your eyes and the target. You have a perfect sight picture, perfect sight alignment, etc. It means that until the gun is pointed at the target, sights aligned with the yeah. target, don't touch the trigger. Uh, to kind of to piggyback on that, one of my instructors down at Tactical Response often said, you know, don't put your finger on the trigger until you have made the conscious decision to shoot the target. Yeah. So when, yep. when it comes time to engage... You know, obviously, you know, shoot the gun, get the work done. Yeah. All right. So the last, be sure of your target and what's beyond. Um, we're going to talk about this a little bit too, uh, because there, this is there are some caveats at play here as well. Um, but understanding, you know, be sure of your target and what's beyond it. Uh, a lot of you, if you've done a defensive firearms training, especially handgun stuff. Um, or stuff around dealing with active shooter situations. It's a chaotic environment. Um, 
being sure of what of your target and what's beyond it, what's in front of it, foreground, background, you'll hear it stated numerous different ways. Um, in, in a defensive firearms environment, like I said, it can be chaotic. People can be running everywhere. Imagine a police officer dealing with an active shooter event in a school environment or in a crowded mall or something like that. Um, you know, you've got to be aware that, you know, I, I understand that physi physiology is probably going to force you to tunnel on that target. You're going to have maybe some manner of visual tunnel vision, uh, some auditory exclusion, things of that nature that are, are very, very possible. But you still are accountable for the round that you fire. And if somebody runs between you and the bad guy at the instant you drop the hammer, you're still responsible for that bullet. So understanding your target's foreground and background, being sure of your target. Um, making sure that the bad guy is who you actually think the bad guy is too. Um, being sure of your target's not just a physical thing. Is it a paper target with a good backstop? Can I shoot at it? Or is it my buddy downrange while we're doing a low light training evolution? Um, all those things come into play. So there's, there's, you know, think about what you're shooting, make sure the target, and then beyond that, the backstop, um, you know, shoot throughs in defensive shooting situations are fairly rare where the bullet goes through the bad guy and hits the proverbial nun orphan or pedophile behind them um, but you know again you're still accountable for that bullet if that means changing your angle um, you know maybe you need to take a knee and shoot with an upward angle so that if the bullet does pass through or miss yes i know we all never ever miss but if you miss or goes through the target where's the round going and you're accountable for it so be aware of that um, you know, it, it, I, I would say that it probably happens. So, yeah, kind of to, to add on to that, you know, being aware, even on the range, you know, right and left limits. Yep. Uh, we start working angles and moving and things. It can be easy to all of a sudden find ourselves where, you know, we're looking through the target and guess what? There's no backstop behind it. Yeah. Don't pull the trigger. Don't, don't shoot the gun. Yeah. Same yeah. with. You know, if you're working, you know, working ground skills, um, shooting, you know, from the supine or practicing, you know, engaging after you've been knocked down, um, make sure you're close to the backstop and your backstop is tall um, because angles change, you know, what you have behind you. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, your, one of your Delta caveats falls in with this one, correct? Yeah, uh, I think both kind of do. Okay. Yeah. The other, you know, the two two things, um, having gotten to train in the past with Mike Pinot and, and with Pat McNamara, um, they like to talk about what they had the two caveats at their former place of employment, uh, one of which is know the ballistic effect of the weapon system that you're using, um, know its effect on target, what's effect on backstops, um, what it can do. So, you know, if you're using a... You know, a Daisy Red Rider BB gun is going to have a different ballistic effect than a 22, which is going to be different from a 9 mil, from a shotgun, from an AR, or from a 50 cal, from a, a Mark 19 throwing 40 millimeter grenades. Yeah. Um, you know, what, if those rounds, you know, what they do on a body are going to be different, what they do on a wall are going to be different um, from a bullet trap or you know, shooting range, backstop perspective. Um, same thing with the effect on vehicles, um, bricks, cinder block, walls, etc. Um, so know, you know, what they're gonna, what you're doing to the target and the things, you know, in front of or beyond the target. And whether or not it matters. 
Yeah. And, and, and whether or not it matters. You know, there are going to be situations where you're shooting a 308 potentially at a bad guy or a target, and you know it's going to shoot through it, but it's okay because you know what's behind them. Um, cool, great, but, but you got to process that stuff before you drop the hammer because, again, you're liable for that, that projectile wherever it ends up, however it ends up there, however much of it ends up there, whatever. Yeah. So, cool. The uh, last Delta caveat um, is something to do, I, I'll let you get the verbiage right, but something to do with if the Lord God reached into your gun and flicked the primer of that cartridge and made it fire, uh, where's the gun pointed? So, which kind of goes back to never let the muzzle cover anything you're not willing to destroy. Um, you know, we, we have mechanical failures with firearms. It's, it's a thing. Um, two really good examples. Um, local police agency, Central Ohio, large police agency switched to semi-auto firearms. Brand new gun out of the box from the manufacturer. Uh, officer went to chamber around on the range under fam fire with the gun or training with the gun and said gun went bang. Of course, range cadre is all over said officer because he obviously had his finger on the trigger because there's no way that gun is possibly going to fire without you putting your finger on the trigger. Said range cadre um, was squared up by the officer and said, well, you know, demo to me the proper way to do this or something along those lines. Said range cadre loaded the magazine into the gun, chambered around, and the gun went bang again. So guns can be defective from the manufacturer um, you know, and that's a kind of a touched by God thing. You get something brand new, it should work properly, but you know, life happens. Um, but anyway, the gun was found to have a defective sear from the manufacturer. When you chambered around, the gun would go bang. And that's then, and, and so if the gun had been pointed in the wrong place, we would have, would have had a problem potentially. Um, so example number two, people messing with guns. Uh, maybe you're on the range and you're doing training and stuff like that. And maybe you're not using your own weapon because you borrowed a weapon. Uh, maybe you're using a different weapon because that training evolution involves using something you're not familiar with. Um, so you pick up said gun uh, and, and have an issue with it. Uh, example for us, uh, Larry Vickers AK class, um, one of our friends and, and fellow shooters, not an inexperienced guy, was on the range with someone else's gun. Um, we were in the process of running a drill and it was each individual shooter one at a time. Uh, said shooter was the goat in the class to some extent because he starts things up a little bit, but we won't get into that. Um, Geo, you know who you are. Um, so said shooter uh, had fired the course of fire, safed the gun up, and it happened to be an AK. Uh, well, if your safety is too tight on your AK, grab it and bend it out a little bit so it's not quite so hard it doesn't scratch the gun up so bad. Well, said safety had been bent. Uh, said safety went north of the top cover over the ejection port and north of the top cover on the AK and caused an, a truly accidental discharge into the ground uh, betwixt the feet, uh, well, a foot or so in front, foot and a half or so in front of said shooter and a couple other shooters. Um, definitely a come to Jesus moment. Uh, honestly, uh, the way it was handled by the instructor, Larry Vickers was outstanding. He's like, hey, teachable moment. Um, you know, those of you guys jacking with your guns and bending safeties and stuff like that, if it goes north of the trigger guard, it can make the gun go bang. And not can, it generally will make the gun go bang. So, you know, again, we're back to, you know, just another reason to make absolutely sure that that weapon system is pointed in a safe direction. Uh, for me, I happen to be close enough to see that the shooter's finger was not on the trigger. He's a lefty um, and was manipulating the safety with the right hand or, yeah, with the right hand. And it was just kind of one of those moments where you're like, wow, look at that. So, again, nothing wrong with the gun, nothing wrong with the shooter. Gun still went bang. Uh, it was in a safe direction. Nobody got hurt. Um, 
a couple of us had to change our underwear, but other than that, we're good. So those things happen. Yeah, just kind of, you know, take some time, think about, you know, how you internally process the before firearm rules for safe gun handling. Yeah. Um, well, and if, if you're going to, well, let's say you're going to take new shooters out. Let's yeah. say you've got some newbies. Stop by the shop. You're probably going to buy bullets from us anyway because we rock. Um, but stop by the shop and pick up a handful of our business cards and hand them to all the new shooters and show them the four firearm safety rules on the back and, and have them say them out loud. Uh, if you're taking kids out, you know, as, as a group of guys that train on a regular basis, uh, we generally run through the four firearms rules before we start every training session as a group. You know, say, hey, you know, we're getting ready to go, let's go. And somebody says, hey, you know, remember all guns are always loaded. Somebody says, hey, never let the muscle cover anything, blah, 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 blah. We actually, you know, say those. Internalize those rules. If you have people that are new, take an opportunity to put them in writing in front of them so they have them and they can refer to them. That business card fits in your pocket, you're out on the range. You know, tell them to take a look at it. If they're doing something they shouldn't be doing, um, you know, let them know. Hey, rule number, you know, you can call them number one, number two, whatever, but they're not going to remember what number it was. Tell them, say, hey, what are you doing right now? Oh, your finger's on the trigger. It shouldn't be. You know, hey, where are you pointing that gun? Is it pointed at the backstop? You know, oh, no, it's pointed in space. It shouldn't be. Keep it handy. Yeah. You know, the the biggest, say if there is, there is <clears throat> any, any bit of, like, advanced shooting techniques, uh, it would be being able to you know, run these four rules at the subconscious level. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think we'll end on that. Absolutely, guys. Be safe. Till then. See you next time. <laughs>